0: Derek Wetmore writes about the twins, 1500espn.com. We're going to have a Touch 'em All podcast episode out later on today, and he'll be in Fort Myers for the next several weeks. Are you shacking up with Pat, Derek? That's right. Wow. Just beware of the, uh, the open bathroom door Sasquatch oh, sightings, okay? Don't
1: even start. You told this story two days ago. Ugh.
2: I don't think I want to hear it, but no. I I will tell you this: it, if you're picking bunk mates for the start of spring training, after not really getting to talk a whole lot of baseball this winter because of the free agent market, uh, nobody better to room and board with than Patrick Royce,
1: who thinks that I'm sure we're crazy because we've spent the past two days, as you might have heard by now, what more talking yeah. about potential Chris Archer yeah. trade scenarios, uh, which. I can just speak
2: for Pat really quickly and say that uh, all of that is made from whole cloth.
1: I saw the tweet that he put out uh, last night saying, if you think Gonsalves, Gordon, and Kepler are going to do it, you're crazy. So tell me this. um, Where do you think things stand in what seem to be ongoing conversations with the Rays? And do you think that there is even a remote possibility that something gets done uh, to put Chris Archer or a Rays starter in a Twins uniform?
2: There is a chance, yes. But I think it would be hard to see it happening before the start of opening day. Here's why. The free agent market being so overloaded has had this real trickle-down effect. I kind of wondered if it would, that, hey, would teams still be interested in trading players? And we just got done talking with GM Thad Levine, and he basically said that it's put a real freeze on the trade market, that it's been tough for the teams that are looking to sell to find a match with buyers because there are so many options out there that you could still do. Additionally, the teams that we're looking to sell that are basically giving up on this year, they've already sold most of their major league players. So then it becomes really difficult to find a match. And and I'm not saying it's not going to happen. The twins certainly have a prospect heavy system that they could get something done for Chris Archer if they were willing to give the moon. But if I'm Tampa Bay right now, I'm not conceding on anything. If if I'm giving up four affordable years of an ace like Chris Archer, I'm going to ask for the moon and I'm not going to stop until I get it.
0: See, he, here's the problem the Twins face here cuz I saw a report that Alex Cobb and the Yankees are flirting with each other now and let's so he comes off the board and let's say let's say the the, the Archer talks reach an impasse because they want Rice Lewis and you're not going to trade Rice Lewis and maybe you don't get Lance Lynn. If you wind up Going into spring training and albeit you did fix your bullpen to some degree, your bullpen's a lot better and I'm, and I'm happy with the moves they made. If you sign like Jaime Garcia and then roll into the 2018 season with what Houston has and the Yankees and Cleveland and your only starting pitching move along with losing Irvin Santana for a month is to add like a Jaime Garcia. The reaction's not going to be too great and the results aren't going to be too great, Derek.
2: Yeah, I'm less concerned about the reaction if I'm the Twins, and I'm very worried about the actual results on the field. Because, Phil, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, but it bears reminding now that spring training is underway. You look around the rest of the American League, there are some legit great teams, and the Twins, to me, are not a great team. They're a good team. Uh, the Dakota projections came out last week. They're 500-ish. That's about where I see them right now if they don't make a move. The reason that becomes a problem is because Cleveland is a runaway favorite in the Central, and then getting an American League Wild Card game over the teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros are back in great again. Uh, the Angels got a lot better. The American League's kind of loaded right now, and I don't think you can just rely on sneaking into that Wild Card the way the Twins did last year. So, if your rotation starts with Barrios, and then you've got What Right now, is it Kyle Gibson, Mejia, Phil Hughes as a question mark, and then just question mark, question mark, question mark? You're in a real heap of trouble. So I think I'd be very surprised, you guys, if the Twins don't make a move for a pitcher, whether it's a free agent or a trade, and soon. I don't think they're going to wait for spring training to play out to make a move on somebody. It might be that Jaime Garcia-level player just to – hey, we need to fill one spot here. You cannot go into the season with this as your rotation. Um, but I, I think you're going to see something done sooner than later, and then we'll wait to see if there's going to be a big impact move like a like a Chris Archer or like a Jake Arrieta-type pitcher.
1: So uh, the, the, the rotation certainly at this point underwhelms us, but may I applaud the Twins for one thing, and this is something that we never saw previously. Kudos for taking Kyle Gibson to arbitration kudos to to the fact that for once you didn't you know this organization for so long has said well Kyle's a good kid and we really like him and let's let's find a common ground here Kyle Gibson is the exact type of player and I don't care if he wins loses gets his feelings hurt or not but this is to me Derek Wetmore the exact type of player who in baseball today in 2018 you take to arbitration and if you can beat him good for you but you just don't you know, simply say, well, our way is not to do that. This is, I am ecstatic to see this.
2: <laughs> okay, well, uh, respectfully, could not disagree with you more. I think the whole arbitration process is silly. I think that a player like Kyle Gibson has to argue for an extra $200,000 while teams print tens of millions is ridiculous, and it's what has got us into this free agent free. So if it's just an isolated case, and your point is that, don't trust Kyle Gibson for 32 starts and 200 innings, I say yes, 100% on board with that. But when it comes to teams um, putting the freeze on their pocketbooks to not have to compete uh, to spend money with some of the big spenders, that's, that sort of thinking leads to this widespread league, um, basically a freeze of the bank accounts. And that's why guys like Jake Arrieta and Alex Cobb and J.D. Martinez, great players, are still looking for a job despite the fact that spring training is opening around Florida and Arizona.
0: Uh, Wetmore is, is at spring training. right He's at Hammond Stadium. Uh, twins, pitchers, and catchers reported today. You can find his work on 1500ASPN.com and also our Touch 'Em All podcast where we talk twins every week, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere you would download podcasts. So what did you learn from Thad Levine uh, this afternoon, Derek?
2: Man, he uh, he filled our notebooks as you would expect. I think the big question coming into spring training for the Twins is what are you going to do with pitching, and what's going to happen with Miguel Sano. And he was able to shed some light on that a little bit. MLB investigation, from my understanding, guys, is still ongoing. The Twins have not been given word on what's going to happen, but until he's just suspended or or otherwise, uh, the plan right now is to have Sano report when position players do report, so he'll be in Fort Myers unless we hear something new from Major League Baseball. I think that situation is still unresolved, obviously, but I think some people were expecting that oh, maybe he'd just stay away, they'd just figure this out, and maybe eventually Sano would get to camp once baseball gives the okay. Sounds like, from based, based on what Levine said today, that Sano will be reporting, um, barring some other news coming from Major League Baseball at some point. So I thought those are kind of the two big, lingering questions that I wanted to get answered coming down here and at least we have a partial answer for one of them. We're still waiting for the starting pitching answer.
1: And when's he due there to report? Next week, is it, or when? I think
2: it's Saturday, I want to say. Position players are here. I I know pitchers and catchers, obviously, today's their first day, and tomorrow's the first uh, workout for those guys. Today is just the, hey, prove you're in the city and breathing and that's your uh your obligation professionally for today but position players are a little bit later and i think that he's going to be here at least for the first day of that could be this weekend
1: i just hope he de- doesn't show up at a good a robust 305 or, or something well, because uh, that, a- that would be my concern
2: you and i have fought about this for years judd and i think i'm just about ready to come to the dark side and concede see that you were right all along. Um, there, there's still talk of his conditioning. And, and what kind of conditioning can you do when you have a metal rod surgically inserted into your leg in the off season? So so I get that. That's a fair, uh, that's a fair counterpoint, a fair rebuttal to Sano probably being a little bit out of shape. But uh, that's going to be something that we're watching throughout spring training. And I guess my point would just be several years into your major league professional career, People shouldn't still be asking questions about your commitment, your, uh, your your work ethic, your conditioning, that sort of thing. If you hope to be that sort of superstar player, those questions would not be asked anymore. And I think for Sano, they're going to continue to be asked.
0: And he's too skilled with a bat and too talented and actually has too good of an eye at the plate to have the highest strikeout rate of any hitter the last three years in baseball who's had 1,000 plate appearances. Uh, so I mean, things like that, you look and you say, man... If you could just cut that down from thirty-six percent to twenty-seven percent or something, and give yourself a few hundred extra chances to hit the ball over the course of um, you know the, over the course of time. So, how do you think the, the the organization from Thad Levine, Derek Falvey, Paul Molitor? What's your sense as to how they feel about Sano and his long term future with the franchise, and, and now with this off the field stuff that we talk about?
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because um, we haven't. Spoken with Salvi about it. Uh, there's briefly addressed it at Twins Fest, but the address was basically no comment. This is in Major League Baseball's hands. Uh, same with Molitor. I mean, w- he was not speaking with the media today because tomorrow's kind of the first actual day. This is the warm up. And then just talking with Thad Levine, I think he was consistent. I've heard him on your guys' show before, consistent with what he said in the past, which is we think this is a really talented player. This is a good baseball player, and we're happy to have him on our side. Yeah, but there are some questions he needs to continue to answer. And, and Phil, you and I have thought about this a little bit in the past, but I think we're on the same side of the coin a little bit in that tremendously talented player, if he reaches his 99th percentile, a superstar in this game, I think the question is now becoming, is he going to reach his 99th percentile or like his 50th percentile? and if it's his 50th maybe he's just a guy that hits a bunch of home runs, strikes out a bunch and plays first base. And and that would be a disappointing outcome based on where he's been the past few years. So to answer your question about how the Twins are feeling it, I I just think that they've been guarded here since this these allegations arose and they're kind of running parallel with questions about his game too. But with that all being said, he's still the talented kind of player that you don't just forget about and sweep under the rug and say, man, this is, this is not worth it. It's Judd. It's like what we talk about in training camp, the baggage to ability ratio. uh, You know, it's, it's not looking super pretty for all right now, but there's still that ability and talent that you, you can't just forget about it and say, all right, we're going to cut him on the second day of camp and just get rid of the headache. You you couldn't do that with a player of his caliber.
0: Uh, back to the Gibson thing. Phil Miller just tweeted this. I, I read this and thought, how uncomfortable is this? So he tweeted, Irvin Santana won't be in camp right away because he's headed to New York for a follow-up exam on his surgically repaired right hand. He's in a cast, can't really do much anyways. Kyle Gibson also not in camp, but that's just until his arbitration case is heard. Yep. like To have to show up at some point, win or lose, especially lose, mm-hmm. and shake hands with the front office people that Went to court, essentially, to try and deny you $300,000. It's such an amazingly awkward process. starters, yep. Yeah. Baseball should get rid of that process.
2: It's gross, yeah. It just feels uncomfortable. Like, Molitor isn't saying that. So Molitor can give him a handshake. A new pitching coach, Garvin Alston, can give him a handshake and say, hey, uh, welcome to Fort Myers. We're expecting you to be our number two starter as it shakes out right now. Yeah. Which is a, a whole nother conversation that's probably uncomfortable in different ways. But on the uh the sort of adversarial relationship that arbitration sets up, you're you're basically sitting in a courtroom in front of a judge, an arbiter, saying, Oh, we don't think this guy thinks he's as good as he is, so we shouldn't have to pay him this money and then he, more likely his representatives, say no, he's good. He's this good in line with these other players. They should have to pay him this money. And then that person just decides, you know, which one is right. And if Kyle Gibson loses, then I'm sure knowing him, he's just going to move on from it. He'll be disappointed and then just let's go business as usual. But in the back of your mind, isn't there just that sting of like, well, that sucks. They just told the judge that I'm not very good, and they shouldn't have to pay me. This just sets up an uncomfortable situation all around.
0: Don't you have to figure out too? Like, is the judge a back of the baseball card stats guy, or is the judge yeah. way into fan graphs and baseball perspectives? Because yep. well, I'll, I'll tell the, you, I'll tell you about the ground ball rate if you want. No, okay, let's talk about ERA in the second half. Right, okay. right, and that's
2: part of the story, <laughs> Phil. Is that arbiters by and large are back of the baseball card people? So. As agencies get wiser and they start saying, like, "Well, well, I think my client—I I, I think Byron Buxton is worth this much because look at all his defensive runs saved and how much he helps, and his strike zone control is really trending in the right direction, and and his line drive rates just getting better and better and better," and the arbiter might say, "Yeah, but he had so and so RBIs, so here's what he gets paid." Now that's just a weird uh, dynamic on its own, and. I don't know which should favor Gibson more. Personally, I, I'm a little higher on Kyle Gibson than I think either of the two of you are. But I, I still can't make the case that he's a frontline starter, and uh, not sure that you'd try to make that case in the court of law. But uh, I think that it just sets up an uncomfortable situation, and, and frankly, unless this team goes out and makes several major moves, trades, and free agents, they're going to rely a lot on Kyle Gibson this year. Boy, I
1: got six words for for the guy he, hearing the case from the Twins. Did you see his first half? Hell yeah. Oh yeah that'd, be the, that'd be the start of my indictment of Kyle Gibson.
2: You know how the Scott Boris clients always come into a room with a thick binder yes. full of, uh, of his yes. clients? Kyle Gibson's agent better forget the first half of that <laughs> binder. Just start at page 50.
1: <laughs> I lost I lost the first half of the season. I'm sorry. I no, don't know where they went. We, we had them all. It's a three-ring binder.
2: They were all in here. I just, on the way over here, I don't know. They wind must have Damn dog right ate them.
0: Yeah, yeah. A, lefty, <laughs> exactly. a lefty must have turned on one of those pages that was crumpled up. All right, Derek, well, good stuff, dude. We'll, you uh, you and I will be podcasting later. People can find all Derek's stuff at fifteen hardyspn.com. Bye, Derek. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk later. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, like Gibson's 30 years old and has the lowest strikeout rate of any starter, maybe bottom I five don't in his like career. It.
1: I don't like his odds in this case. I'm not sure what they submitted for figures. I don't like his odds.
0: No, I mean, he's got to come back and prove it for for a full season.